All right. Wow. Look at us starting. Okay. Hi, cousin. Hi, cousin. See, this this is interesting because I've never actually had to do this with somebody looking at me. So now <laughs> a little I will judge. Anyway, <laughs> thanks. Hi, everybody. Welcome to West Indie-ish. This is Ananda. Thank you guys for coming back on again. And I am here with a special, special, special guest. I can't believe it. I finally have a guest. And this, <laughs> this has been something that I've wanted for a long time is to finally have someone to talk to you and bounce ideas off of. I think <laughs> it'll be exciting. Um, so welcome, everybody. Please welcome my dear cousin, Melissa. Hey, hey girl. I'm hey. very excited to be on my cousin's podcast. I'm honored to be special guest. Um, and I can't wait to get started. Thanks for having me, cousin. Oh, yeah, no problem. So let's jump right in. It. Let's do it. Um, so last episode, I actually started talking about um, it, the name of the podcast was Fresh Off the Boat. And I don't know if you're familiar with the there was a show, I guess, a, a mm-hmm. sitcom called Fresh Off the Boat. And basically, it was about an Asian family um, that moved from. Well, I guess they're, they're they're Korean, right? Are you familiar? You know the show that I'm talking about? I've watched the show, but I can't remember if Const- they're Korean or Chinese. Right. With Constance Wu. Um, yes. She was the mom. They came from Washington to Orlando, Florida. And mm-hmm. um, I think there's a big correlation in some of basically the other episodes and and what we're kind of getting into now. So mm. this is basically part two of that episode. And guys, if you haven't listened to it, go start with that episode and then come back over because this will will go more into depth of um basically what we talked about last episode. So funny enough, um we are products of parents that are somewhat fresh off the boat, are we not? This is true. <laughs> this is absolutely true. Right. Products of immigration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of immigration. And some of the things that I talked about in that episode was basically that um this idea that for some reason West Indie families were really okay with just leaving their kids right in the islands to <laughs> come over um to the three major, I guess countries that West Indy people like to go to, which is uh, the U.S., Canada, and England. Mm-hmm. Don't know why, but they love it there. Love yep. it. And all it's these the trifecta. <laughs> right. And I don't know. What What do you think about that? Why do you think um, families are okay with kind of just leaving their kids with grandparents or nannies or uh, distant relatives rather than just bringing you know coming as a as a unit and staying as a unit that's such a good question I feel like that speaks to just the the immigrant existence in general Mm -hmm. um and if you know there's a better life out there or you know oh I can go somewhere else and make money and send it back home and one day afford my kids, my family members, whoever I'm leaving behind, a better life. Like, it's worth doing it. I think that's why so many people would, like, send their kids to England to be educated. And then they send money back. And 
that was the case with some of my family members. My grandmother was sent to England to become a nurse. That's where she met my grandfather. He was there working to send many back home to Barbados. So I think that just goes with like any nation or the islands that have been colonized. Like you learn that wherever you go to make money is associated with the country that colonized you. So that's why so many Jamaicans go to England. Um, a lot of Haitians go to France. Like that's that kind of aligns. So it's definitely in search of a better life. It's hard to fathom. I don't know if I could do, I don't have any kids, but I'm f- imagining myself leaving my future kids right. and I'm stressed already. So I can't right. imagine it was easy, but I think it's so common because that's what they internalize is like, if I want to afford a certain life, then this is what I got to do. Right. Now I wonder, see this, per- this brings up a new question then is, although it may be, monetarily worth it maybe for the education it's worth it i wonder if we are stammering that first generation um because of this detachment to the nuclear family right so if we're detaching Mm. ourselves from a nuclear family at some point do we get this sense of loss identity or this sense of um independence over overly strong amount of independence because of the fact that we're just so used to being taught this way of go out there earn it learn it do it for yourself type of energy Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're ever kind of elastic banding back together as a family I went on to say this also in the last episode that we're seeing a decrease in the amount of West Indies people. I mean, people all over at this point wanting to have kids. Yeah. <laughs> and forth, neither of us have kids. So true. So, yeah, know, so many people our age, like back in the day, would have had kids by now. And all of us are like 35. And we're like, okay, we'll our, have kids now. <laughs> we'll have kids now at age 35. And, I, you know, it's not so much of a terrible thing, I don't think. No. Because you know, I, I think we're all kind of figuring it out. And I think we're trying to do better because we learned better from our past experiences and we're not trying to pass on any generational trauma or curses or whatever you want to call it. Um, We're just trying to prepare the future for, um, for a healthier way, but are we too much in our heads? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a big question. It's a big question. Mm. I wish I had the answer to that. I probably definitely am. But I also think it's so like our generations are so different. Like our parents and grandparents generation generations, they would like walk up to each other in a bar or like they had a friend who had a friend who introduced them or they, I don't know, met some old lady on the street and she's like, oh, my grandson would be a great match for you. And then it just works out. Whereas now I feel like if somebody approached me on the street, I would be like, no, 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 no. Please. You gotta get away from me. You gotta get away from me. There's something wrong. Exactly. Versus now we have like dating apps. So we have even if you you're not on the apps, you're on social media. Mm-hmm. Or you have friends in certain circles, and there's a lot more like vetting that takes place. Yeah. Which, like you said, can be good because then you're like, okay, we're we're being very firm and vocal about our standards nowadays. Mm-hmm. Which maybe before there wasn't a lot of space for that because they were like, all right, biological clock, time for you to settle down. Time for you Whereas to settle down. Now we're like, 
we have standards, but again, like you said, that puts us in our own heads. We're like overthinking it or maybe things in the past that like our ancestors adapted to or like learned to love about their partners. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, nope, red flag, out of here. Nope. Gotta That's go. red flag. You don't meet <laughs> 90 out of the 100 things that I have on my list. Exactly. Right? So that's an X. <laughs> and you would think that in both of our communities that we would be able to find one. Okay. So exactly. both of us live in very high populated communities in the mm-hmm. U.S. Okay. Correct. So there is no way that in our two cities that the that you There's no not one. find one. We cannot <laughs> find one. <laughs> find one. And I just, I don't understand it. So <laughs> ironically, we live in Miami and New York. And yeah. um, these are also high populated areas for people from the West Indies to go to. Um, and I think in I would say maybe like the 60s 50s 60s 70s it was most popular for people to go right to New York I don't know why Mm -hmm. people them like the cold okay (laughs) why they chose to go to New York first is beyond that's where everybody went to and um there's a high populated area my own mom was born in New York um, and then everybody moved down to Miami. So now there's a huge population of um, West Indy people in mm-hmm. Miami. And um, what is your experience with the West Indy culture in New York? Um, do you find that it's a lot of um, new immigration coming to New York? Do you find that it's a lot of first, second and third generation? What What does it look like there? That is such a great question. I feel like the people I interact with mm. are mainly like first and second gen Caribbean Americans, um, but not who necessarily are all from New York. Like I maybe know a couple from New York, mm-hmm. but a lot have kind of migrated to New York from other states. Right. I think a lot of the like native New Yorkers I know who are Caribbean, um, who I know from work mm-hmm. are like born and raised in New York. Mm-hmm. or migrated with their families from Caribbean islands. Right. But I would say the big difference is that when I was in South Florida growing up, I knew a ton of Jamaicans specifically. And there's a huge Jamaican right. population up here too. But I feel like when I moved up here, then I saw like a lot of Trini people and I tried like doubles for the first time. Right. And that I didn't get down in my... They have it in Miami, but I was with the... We were all around a lot of Jamaicans. So, a lot of Jamaicans. Yeah. I don't know what initially brought... A lot of Caribbean or West Indian people to New York, mm-hmm. but I mean, I would assume the level of work um, that was available there, as we were talking about before, we went wherever the employment was. Right. That's where we were. Well, you can find but, a job that's where I'm living. <laughs> period. But yeah, I would say most of my interaction is with younger, younger folks. Um, and the older ones are definitely like the first gen. Right, right. So, I mean, I guess, you know, we both have experiences in South Florida as well. So we know that in South Florida, there are pockets. There are pockets Mm -hmm. of places where people are. I mean, you have Little Havana. You're in Cuba. You have Little Haiti. Haiti, You're in Haiti. Um, A lot of Broward, Pembroke Pines areas is where a lot of the Jamaicans are. Um, You go to Doral. You're in 
Venezuela. I mean, it depends <laughs> on where you are. You yeah. will find whatever uh, Hispanic, West Indie, Caribbean island you need to go to somewhere in the South Florida vicinity. So I wonder if it just depends on where you are in New York. Um, because, you know, I, I know Queens, where my mom is from, happened to be at the time where all the Jamaicans were. So mm-hmm. it might just be a matter of like where you are in that moment. And they may have all kind of blended together at this point, you know? So Maybe. I just wonder what makes us so close as a community then? Because I, I it's, this has puzzled me for a long time. And <laughs> I hope we don't ever lose it. And I will say that as as we come to this, to to these, you know, um, colonizing countries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we find that everyone, everyone's an, immigrated here at some point, for the most part, of course, unless you're Native American, of course. But everyone immigrated here at some point. So yeah. the question for me is, I really hope we don't ever just lose sight of our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, the less melanin community, all we say is, you know, all we know is I'm, they say I'm, I'm white. That's it. You know, <laughs> um, they don't really I know. never want to say that. No, I, I never want to just say that. Exactly. Yeah. I never feel myself not identifying and, being proud of saying I am of X and Y Z culture, like you, yeah. I can't just say, oh yeah, you know, I'm mixed with, um, you know, a whole bunch of things from Europe. Uh, okay, um, do you, <laughs> do, I, I don't know. Do you speak to anyone from that? Do you know anyone from you know? The, yeah. all, all they know is I'm German. I'm a little bit of right. you know, Scandinavian. I'm a little bit of this. I'm a, oh oh. All right. I mean, that's a lot of different white mixed up. (laughs) A lot of different white, and eventually they just meld together, and they just say, "I'm white." Um, and I wonder how how far back you have to be, you know, from this country before you you become that. You just become the color that you are, rather than your actual culture. Mm -hmm. You know, and I wonder if there's anything that you feel like you have done or you've seen people within your community around you know you currently that people have done and stay true to in order to keep away from just that you know generic label of I'm this I'm whatever color I am oh I love that question um I would say something I did or something that's on my mind a lot is um and it actually came to my mind I was watching this show called Black Cake I don't know if you heard of it on Hulu. And it's about this Chinese Jamaican woman who I won't I won't give any spoilers, but the long and short of it is that she like passes in the beginning of the series. Uh And then the entire series is her family, her kids listening to these recordings that she left, telling them about who she really was. So it was like her real name was not what they thought it was. You know, all Jamaican people got a different name for every Jamaican. Yeah, not their birth name. So (laughs) so she tells him her real name and just how they came to be and what her real story is. She, of course, ended up in England and then Scotland and then back in the U.S. So it's just really interesting. I think something that I'm really proud of is just how blended our families are. 
Nice. And even if you say, even if you're 100% Jamaican, like just being that alone means that there's mixture in your blood and who you are and the different Absolutely. cultures Absolutely. that you, that combine to, to make your family um, who they are. So I think something that's always on my mind is like, oh, storytelling. Like what are things that my elders in my family have told to me that I can tell to our future generations? Mm-hmm. Um, and even just like food, like sharing recipes. I remember asking um, my grandma on my dad's side, we asked for her like black cake recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked my maternal grandmother to teach me how to make like acne and saltfish mm-hmm. and curry chicken and oxtail, stew peas. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to know how to make those things because they're not going to be around forever. And since nope. we're Caribbean American, I don't want to use the word dilute, but like with every yeah. new generation, it gets harder and harder or you have to put more effort into like keeping those core traditions alive Mm -hmm. and i want to make sure that for generations to come when all the people in our family who are actually born and raised in jamaica are no longer with us we should still have what they gave us to pass along so i feel like that's what what's on my mind what about you cousin absolutely that's a great answer i cannot (laughs) top that (laughs) no i'm just i think you answered it so well and also that's really cool um i think i i need to watch that that um show how many many episodes or is it a season is it a one season one ten episodes you can knock that out in one weekend nice i can watch (laughs) that and i know that black cake is probably real good that she's talking about because listen Okay. I wish I could make it good. <laughs> I tried I've been, it. I've been seeing a lot on Instagram for some reason. I guess I don't know, but they had like a recipe for black cake, but Ooh. they they didn't they weren't telling you that it was black cake. They said what cake is this basically and they kind of oh. it and we're if you know you know you know you know exactly <laughs> no but i i agree with you i think um with each generation we tend to dilute we tend to mm-hmm. lose a little bit of our our heritage and we kind of lose a little bit of our our culture a little bit but i think as long as you are music for me it's got to be music mm-hmm. i i can't you go got the music. you know y- yes you- <laughs> Listen, I am the probably I don't know I'm second generation technically yeah. so my thing is that I for me it's always been music you know you wake up in the morning my grandma was the typical grandma cooking and cleaning every day my grandpa loved his music had his um his records playing all the time yes. parties all the time I mean so, so me, true. for me is that one thing that's going to keep the culture alive I think that's the way to keep the accent strong to keep mm-hmm. the, the culture strong because culture is in the music too you know the way we dance or the the words in the song um yeah. every everything um that encompasses our culture I think can be you know heard through our music so for me big one is music but also is my community I think it's always mm-hmm. important to keep um your your community strong that is in no way me saying you know push people out I'm saying right. welcome people into your community um mm-hmm. welcome people of different cultures into your community teach other people about the the culture I think those are the best ways to 
actually engage in your culture and stay active and make an active decision that I'm going to be a part of my community. As you know, I participate in carnival as much as possible. (laughs) I have, you know, a group of people that share in the same love of the music and the same time of year and all kinds of things, even though a lot of people might argue, you know, carnival is specifically for, you know, Trinidadians or um, Brazil or whatever. We've all adopted it. And what's funny is that as we come together, even as a West Indie um, or Caribbean cultures, as we come together, we tend to help each other along with that as well. So just Mm -hmm. stay true to your, your community and music along with what you said, food, talking to those relatives, um, all of that. I think all of it will help us keep strong within our, our culture. So, um, yeah, there's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about Ananda, you, you could dance and you got the playlist unlocked. Sure Your do. The creepy music never yeah. fails with you. Never fails. You will always be able to hear a good Jamaican song or a good Trini song or a good whatever song. You name it, I mm-hmm. got to find it somewhere. So All truth. With that being said, let's bring it to, are you proud of your heritage? Absolutely. 1000%. I feel, I think thinking about you saying that, like, when you ask some people what they are and do, like, oh, just white. Like, the fact that when people ask me what I am, I can choose to be really straightforward and say, oh, my my family's Jamaican. Or I can give the whole long end of it and say, oh, my parents are mixed. Both of them are born or are raised in Jamaica, but my mom is Chinese and Jamaican and Bayesian and my dad is Indian and Jamaican. Like I can go into the whole thing. It just makes me really proud to have so much mixture and where I don't really have to fit into one category. Like there are Asian aspects of our culture that are like fused with um, Jamaican culture and different practices mm-hmm. and traditions or like things I heard growing up that I repeat elsewhere and people are like, what does that mean? Or they don't know what that term is. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, other people don't say that. So I think just the fact that there's so much. I didn't um, know for a long time that people didn't call avocado pear. (laughs) It was all up until high school. I was just calling avocado Avocado pear. pear. No, really. (laughs) Other people don't call it that. Or one time in high school, I said, to my was it my geography teacher i was like oh i have drop toe i need to go put my foot on something cold and he was like you have what What? and he was like you mean is it and i tried to describe it he was like a a cramp in your toe and i was like i guess drop toe is a cramp but i didn't really think of it i just know of it as drop toe i don't know how to explain it i don't know how to explain it that's just what they said in my house okay so (laughs) Listen, there's there's a lot of those things that we just have to um, keep alive in order to mm-hmm. you know, be able to share that. Because there's sometimes I still say things and people are like, what do you what do you okay. mean? Exactly? <laughs> I don't really know. Sorry. I guess you really have to know to know a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, back to what you were saying about um, choosing, basically, you or not really choosing, but you are what you are. But depending on the day, you may give the long of it or the short of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we used to talk in high school, um, basically about how on tests, for example, you always had to fill in what you were. Yes. And the biggest (laughs) issue, because 
it just it never made any sense. And at the time, because I, I think there's been a big shift since then. I will I will see sometimes there's even Caribbean on there as an option nowadays. Ooh. I've seen those pop up or West Indie. I've seen those pop up every once in a while. But I remember specifically back in high school, your options were white, non-Hispanic, because they yep. always put that in there, Hispanic, Black, Pacific Islander, or yep. maybe you might have gotten an Asian in there or something. Yeah. But those were options. Yeah. And it was very, it was like, you know, well, if, well. <laughs> I get. I mean, I am. Like, my I couldn't shoulder. take all of them. You know exactly. Like, what do you want from me exactly? And it always <laughs> came down to. I mean, everyone looks at me and kind of just sees that I'm black. So sure, black. But I mean, especially for you, I know that was that you guys. That was a little odd Confusing. because um, you kind of look Asians. <laughs> so it's like, and we flip flop too. Cause I feel like as I've gotten older, like when I was younger, I looked like you could definitely see the Indian in me more. And I feel like yeah. now you can mm-hmm. as well, but also you can tell more that I'm Chinese as well. Exactly. It's so it's very confusing. And I think it's, I don't know. It's been an evolution because mm-hmm. I used to not really not that I wasn't proud of it. I think I was just too young to understand, like, that my multi-ethnic identity mm-hmm. is something to be proud of and something that is, like, a part of my diversity. Because right. before people would ask me, like, oh, so are you Black or are you not? And I was, like, not sure what to say. I knew I, wa- <laughs> I, knew I was Black. I wasn't white. But right. I didn't know to be, like, yes, I'm a Black woman or... Yeah. Well, I am, but I'm also this. And exactly. well, I am American, but my my heritage, my culture is Caribbean. Right. So that took a while for me to understand even like how to explain that. So on right. a test, asking me to check a box was a wild experience in my mind. Sometimes Absolutely. they would check it for you. And there were some times where it would just like, I remember in, I want to say middle school or high school, they had it pre-selected as white. And I remember being like, oh, they have my race wrong. And the on the slip, and my teacher was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, no one looks at it. And I was in my head. Now that I'm older, I'm like, yes, they do. Don't be putting do. my scores in the white category. Exactly. Put it with my black people. What you mean? Yes, they do. Absolutely. And see, these are big problems that people aren't paying attention to. Like, that is mm-hmm. a big deal. That's very true. Because at the end of the year, they'll go back through the school and see. Absolutely. If- predominantly white school or predominantly black school and they will that's exactly how they give grades to the school like let's not Mm -hmm. not pretend it doesn't matter so I'm glad you bring that up because that's that's something that um kids now won't know I mean thankfully I do think it's changed just a little bit there are Mm -hmm. options to choose from and I think as our our country gets much more diverse and mixed um that's this whole idea of just being mixed because even I think now honestly more than ever I've gotten the oh I I knew you weren't just black and I'm like what like what is that I don't I now more than ever when I was younger I used to just you know get the that I'm I'm just black but for some now more than ever people are like oh I I knew you were mixed with something I was like okay I mean, I'm not offended, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know what changed there that all of a right. sudden, I think it's just a matter of age. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think different features become more prominent than the other. Um, also, we were we were much darker when we were younger, and I think I think it's just a matter of we used to play outside all the time, you know, in the sun, child, in the hot, hot, no hot. sunscreen, no out sun. in the sun all day, all day, um, beach bodies as much as possible all the time. So I just think yes. it just it's just a matter of age. As we age, we're just growing into some of our features. But um, very, very ironic thing that as we get older, we kind of melt mm. into our face. But with that being said, um, what is, and this will be the, the last question that I have for you. What is some advice that you have for the kids or the generation that is coming up in the modern day um, with their um, heritage that may may be in the same spot that you were um, years ago as a first, second, or coming up on third generations. What what's some advice that you have for them? Oh, this question just got me so excited because <laughs> I <laughs> I'm gonna answer the question. I'm gonna be like one of those aunties that they're gonna say sixty things first before they answer the question. But um, <laughs> one, I'm a teacher, and I feel like I think about this a lot for. Um, just like students of color in my school, I teach in a predominantly white school. So, um, I think this is on my mind a lot, but Mm -hmm. I also see this thing pop up on Instagram frequently where it says the adult that you are now is the adult that you would have needed when you were a child. And so like be the person that would have been supportive to your childhood self. Mm-hmm. So in that light, now to actually answer your question, um, for future generations, I would just say like, be patient with yourself mm-hmm. and your identity because as we just mentioned, as you age, your perception of yourself and other people's perception of you mm-hmm. evolve. Yeah. And they don't always align. Like you may see yourself in a way as you get older, but then people on the outside see you differently. Right. And that may be positive or negative. You you mm-hmm. never know until you're living it. So I think patience and just having grace with yourself is key. Um I think turn to your your family members, turn to your the ancestral spirits, however you connect with the people who came before you, whether that's through the elders in your family telling you stories mm-hmm. or just like spending time with your loved ones or spending time with people who share the same Caribbean identity as you can be really helpful because yes it's great to to be around other people um but sometimes you just need to be surrounded by people who look like you and speak like you and eat the same food as you and listen to the same music as you Mm -hmm. so I think just just don't be afraid to lean on your community and also just just give yourself a little grace you may love your identity one day and be frustrated with it the next you might accept yourself and your hair texture and your skin color one day and then the next day is frustrating to you so patience and grace wow wow there you have it that's a great piece of advice oh, i love it. <laughs> i love that i love the fact that also you know you you work with with children every day so like in it is fresh on your mind and you know you do see these kids grow up and they're already going through a lot all the time so mm-hmm. I think, you know the more adults that we have in the world that are willing to give that advice and, and have that advice for for our future generations is extremely helpful um as far as my advice i would say 
don't be afraid to talk about your experiences. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's part of what I'm currently even loading, uh, uh, lo sorry, learning, um, because I, I literally read something on the screen and it said loading. I read it. <laughs> and then you said, that happens all, especially like how it starts with an L. <laughs> yes. I was like, wait, what just came out of my mouth is not what I meant to say. Anyway. Um, yes, just learn to be appreciative of the lessons that you have learned and don't be afraid to pass those on. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's what I am currently learning and that's why I wanted to start this podcast. I wanted to start this podcast because I wanted to be able to share that information with the next generation as well. Um, similar to what you said, listen to your um, ancestors, listen to the people that are around you and within your community. It will help you. Sometimes um, your struggles have already been had. And you may find some answers or maybe some some wrong answers or some right answers that have already been um, learned through somebody yeah. else's experience. And sometimes you don't have to go through every single hard thing or every single issue that you are having by yourself. You may have someone that you know that's already done that. Um, but also, I would say um, don't stray too far away from what you what you know right? It is important to explore. It is important to learn. It is important to have um, an array of information in front of you. But the problem with that is same thing like a menu at a restaurant with too many options, you get yeah. a lot of times, right? So just know where you come from, right? And that might help you really have a core and a, and a grounding in basically the rest of your life. Yeah, beautifully said, cousin. Thank you, cousin. <laughs> well, thank Remember you. Remember where you come from. Remember where you come from. Okay. <laughs> I don't care where it is, back a wall. No, no matter where you come from. Okay, just be proud of it. Okay. Um. So yes. Wow. Okay. This was great. I can't believe I finally got you on here. <laughs> Awesome. I'm so glad to have you. Um, you are welcome back anytime because it is a pleasure. Anything? Oh my gosh, I'll come back anytime. Thank you for having me. This is like we talk about this these things all the time. We have all these random deep conversations. So I'm glad other people get to listen in. Exactly. This is not a <laughs> random like day, guys. This is not a random Tuesday for us. This is what we talk about all the time. Um, so, so this is so comfortable and it's great that I got to do this with you because it just reminds me like, this is actually what we talk about all the time. So truly. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Melissa, for being on and My pleasure. has been West Indie ish. Bye guys. Bye.